0: Well, well, well. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Final Whistle Podcast. I mean, I hope we don't see another comeback here, Ben, because, I mean, football is just unpredictable.
1: It it has been an absolutely crazy week. I think unpredictable is the going to be the right word, because I did say City were going to lose, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but... Props to Real Madrid. Yeah, we'll get into all that later. Well, we'll we'll, we'll definitely
0: get more of that and much more. I mean, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking about, as you mentioned, the game and probably one of the games of of the season, Real Madrid against City. We'll get into uh, MLS storylines. And we're also going to give you guys our top five greatest football comebacks. That will be later on. But first, Ben, we have breaking news. Erling Holland, according to Ferriero Romeo. I mean, if people don't know, he's probably one of the really good insiders in football. He's kind of close to uh, of what the states called Adrian Wojnarowski, Adam Schefter, kind of those insiders. He's kind of the footballer insider. And he, a couple of hours ago, he he tweeted out Erling Holland to match the City. Uh here we go. P- Erling Holland passed his physical. Test to become a new Manchester City player. He went back to Dortmund and it will be official this week. Manchester City told Borussia Dortmund that they will activate his release clause, which is close to 75 million dollars or excuse me, 75 million euros in the next couple of hours. Uh, it will also be announced by City and Borussia Dortmund's point of view that this will be official. So Ben, Manchester City,
1: Holland. Reaction. So, yeah, 75 million is not – that's not bad. That's not bad at all. But we just signed Alvarez, who I think is going to be a very good player for Manchester City. The likes of Gabriel Jesus are stepping up. Erling Holland is not needed. I think there are more problems defensively than offensively. I don't think scoring is a problem. I think Pep has shown that he can play without a striker. And he's proven it multiple times. So, Holland, yeah, he could be this generational type talent. I don't think they need him. I what I think they really need is a veteran striker. Stop bringing in all of these young guys that need to prove themselves in these big time leagues. I'm nervous for another Timo Werner situation. That's what I'm concerned about. Yes, Holling is way better. The Timo Werner, but I mean, the thoughts are still there. You see the likes Fernando Torres from Liverpool to Chelsea, and they were in the same league. And I, at one point, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Torres, when he was at Liverpool, kind of considered the same talent-like as Holland. It, it's so hard, this transition from an outside league into the Premier League. It's not going to work out. But, but, I don't know. I, I would love to see Luis Suarez or Robert Lewandowski come to Mansteady. As a veteran type player, how Kamani did it to United, something like that. Holland is not the right move. He's not the right move. I'm gonna end it there. <laughs> so,
0: despite rumors that Holland is going to make over, according to what they're projecting, he's going to make about 375 pounds per week. I mean, that's a lot of money. Um, he will sign for five years, so it'll be June to 2027. I mean, it's still unclear of what's going to be the scenario with his salary, but this one is, I think, one that Manchester City fans should enjoy. I think for the last couple of seasons we've been heard the Holland story go as a saga. Where is he going to go? Because the moment he signed that Borussia Dorman, we knew he was going to leave because of that release clause that um, Mina Raiola at the time, his agent, you know, gave him for the club, and I think this is a good sign for Manchester City fans because we'll get into what happened in the City game. But we saw there's certain level of personalities that sometimes you need in a certain squad, and I think Erling Holland brings that. I mean, the score I have I haven't looked at his numbers, but looking at what he did, he's a goal scorer yeah. and one of those natural goal scorers. For a team that I would say at times, not all the time, at times needs a, a prolific goal scorer, he's exactly that. I mean, he's, you know, great on the ball, great on the feet, fantastic. Just anywhere, maybe he's clinical. He's seen it in the Champions League. We've seen it in the Bundesliga. And I think the difference between him, and, you know, in dormant him in City was... As you mentioned, I think that money, as he sounds, $75 million, obviously it's, it's a chunk change of what his yeah, value Grealish is. Grealish
1: was way more. That's, that's where I'm like, it's okay. Because Grealish is way more. Continue, though. I mean, it, it's just
0: incredible. But looking, it, it, look, look at this. In his three seasons at Borussia Dortmund, 21 goals, 7 assists this season. Previously, 27 goals, 6 assists. And then, you know, he came on halfway through the season, 15 games, 13 goals, 2 goals. He's a goal scorer. He's a natural goal scorer. And those kind of strikers, those kind of players are hard to find. He's a clinical player. I think this is a great signing. I like this signing. As you mentioned, Julian Alvarez, the city needs personality. I think defensively, listen, Rumen Diaz, I think is solid. I think maybe you need another partner with them. Maybe you need a couple of fullbacks. We've been saying that for a couple of seasons. But when you have a, a striker, of Holland's caliber, that is hard to find. I think, I think City fans will enjoy the
1: arrival of Holland to the Premier League. The, the one thing I will say is Holland's play style does not suit Man City. Holland, I feel like, is more of a getting behind striker, and I don't think City need that. I think they need that target man who's very comfortable being on the ball. Um, granted, I can't really think of a name off the top of my head of someone who is like that but I don't know if Holland fits that play style. That's that's where my concerns come in because he's going to have to completely shift how he plays. And it, will the goals dry up with that? That's the big question mark I have around him. The money's fine. I'm okay with spending that much money on him. He's worth that much. He's worth way more than that. Um, it's just how he's going to fit and how is he going to be able to keep up this high goals scoring for him that we've seen him do for the past three years. I think one
0: thing also that's very important, and obviously this is all going to mind you the the future of Pep Guardiola is Pep. Even next season, will make a difference to this player. I think as we've seen historically throughout Pep's career, he's completely changed player. Remember, Raheem Sterling was a player that we thought he needed to improve his finishing. Under Guardiola, completely different. You know, as we've seen with some of these players, Neil Messi, you know, Andres Iniesta, Xavi, I mean, all of them who played under Guardiola has improved, have changed dramatically. I think we will see that with Holland. I mean, we'll, you know, it's still the question of will Guardiola be there the whole
1: time, but I think this is still a player that Pep Guardiola will, will love to have. Yeah, Pep Guardiola did just resign. I think, until 2024. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right. He'll, I don't think he's going to be here too much longer, but I mean, that's, we'll, we'll get into that in a few seconds. <laughs> Let's see it, some topics.
0: It felt like, you know, the Holland saga was a little, I guess over-exaggerated yeah. also, because I felt like city was in prime control of this the whole time. I know Chelsea was in the race, but then they took themselves out of the race when they signed Lukaku last season and then when you look at it, Barcelona, I mean, financially can't even, you know, afford some of their own players. So that, that was an issue too. And then we, were, and we also have news of Real Madrid and what's going to happen with Kylian Mbappe. And we knew they'll probably go all out for Mbappe. And I thought Holland at this point, we also know his history with his dad in Manchester City previously. So I think that was a factor there as well in his decision-making. And I also think, obviously compensations with the agents and you know his dad and, and himself making him basically for me in my opinion i think he will have the one of the biggest salary in city when he arrives so i think it all it was pretty much city kind of alone in this race than, than people
1: thought yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't think they're I mean you look each other, names thrown out there, but like City yeah. City had it the whole time. It was just getting the deal across the finish line was the main problem.
0: So Erling Haaland will be joining the Premier League next next season for Manchester City. I mean, that's gonna be fun. We'll talk more of City, uh, you know, getting into the Premier League. But yeah, then you know what? Let's stick with City because they mentally, psychologically, physically had to get themselves back for a Premier League game against Newcastle at home. And Ben, we saw a 4 nothing performance. How impressed were you that City, you know, performed after that Champions League knockout?
1: It's, I love Newcastle. and I think I've said it about every single show. But Newcastle is not at the caliber that Real Madrid are at. Uh, so when you're, you look at the scoreline, like uh, City dominating. It was a complete domination from them, but it's just not that impressive. Like I would have loved to see them play the likes of a Liverpool or a Chelsea and really see how they battled back from adversity because I mean, they did at the same time. I mean, they, lo- they beat Real Madrid the last game and then they went on to smoke Leeds and they're like, okay, like they got some confidence coming in and then they lost and it's like, okay, well let's go play Newcastle or let's go play Aston Villa the week after like these games for city now yes it's every game is crucial for them to win in order for them to win the league they're not that serious anymore um, if I'm city I'm throwing everything at this but I know that I it's like 70 30 you're gonna lose the game or win the game it's it's pointless they they I don't know they just this game meant nothing to me I want to see them fight and play better opponents week in week out it's like watching it's like watching psg lose this is how i would say it's like watching psg go from like losing to barcelona to playing like rents like there's just no comparison here
0: (laughs) i mean it's just listen it doesn't sound good on the ben side of it um (laughs) he doesn't sound good but let me say this they had a win They also are still in the title race in the Premier League. I I think, you know, what happened, you know, obviously happened. But we also saw the result of Liverpool and what they did. And so City had to perform and make sure they were full control of this title race, which they now are in with a three-point lead. And, you know, they have a couple more games. And, you know, this is going to be something for City to continue to build on. Obviously, as you mentioned, you know, this is it means nothing, but... I think it still means something. And we just heard Pep Guardiola talk about it. You know, Liverpool have a history of playing well, European competition. They have one title in 30 years in the Premier League. So, I mean, it's so funny that he said that. I mean, we'll get into that that comment later because I do want to bring that back. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it is something uh, to talk about. I think this is a hell of a, a result because. Newcastle again not playing much now. Still want to perform for next season, and and this was the game I think City had to get. And you know, in the Premier League, we as we seen, they know the system, they know how the style of play works, and I think they got a four nothing win. And I think just just getting that first win after that that result in the Champions League, I think mentally will, I won't say go away,
1: but it will help them recover because i think you know winning always solves everything uh the only thing i want to bring up here is as we're talking about the premier league season's narrowing down we're talking about these pointless fixtures <laughs> what are your thoughts on how the matchmaking system works towards the end of the season because for the past few years there's yeah. been a lot of criticism saying okay there's a title race happening and city are playing Aston Villa, Newcastle and Wolves, whereas Liverpool are playing Tottenham, like a West Ham, like all these big sides. Like, should there be a better system in place where the tougher the teams that you know are going to be fighting for the title should have those tougher games on paper heading in? I don't think so.
0: I, I honestly I like the scheduling system the way it is, Ben, because here's the thing. And yes, you know, some scenarios are different than others. I, you know, when you look at the relegation battle, that's probably one to talk about, but you know, you know, we'll talk about it, but you know, there's always those title races where you see some of these results change. Like top four is always something to be fascinating about relegation, even the title race. But I think every game in the Premier League is so unpredictable as we see in in football, anything's predictable. (laughs) And I just think you know. Yes, this this was a meaningless game as you as we look at it as a, as abroad. But for me, I I you know Newcastle against City. I don't think that's an easy game as it looks. Obviously, City made it look easy, but it's not easy. And then look at some of the other results. I, I just look at scheduling wise. I just don't think the Premier League is like a league. I just think no team is a gimme. No team's a gimme. I just think no team's a gimme. I think the middle uh table right now is probably a gimme yeah like when you're when you're playing for top four in the title or even to stay in the premier league i think those games are fascinating to watch but and plus you know you don't know with you know the rivalries and the way it works i think like again that next couple weeks we're gonna have arsenal against Tottenham. that's a game you know scheduling wise that works but i mean you know you wouldn't say that a couple of months ago so again it all depends on what happens but i i think it's okay i don't know about you
1: no i like I would just love, as a neutral, I would love to see if they could somehow make it where City play Liverpool on the final day. I think Mm, having those games where the title is on the line on the very last day, and it's a a cup game. Um, They're not going to do that because they already know that Championship Sunday brings in some of the most money, so they don't have to. But having those type of games when the season is on the line, as a neutral, it's awesome. Um, So trying to figure out how to get those, like, they're not going to. I just think there needs to be a better system for matchmaking. Cause I, even as a city fan, like when the title's on the line, I want to, I want to watch a good game. I don't want to watch city play Bournemouth and <laughs> steamroll them. And it's like, okay, like we won the league because we beat Bournemouth on the last day. Like that's not something I want to be, want to watch.
0: I mean, that's going to be fascinating. Matches the city. they will get a four nothing win over Newcastle. Their next game will be at Wolves uh, this Wednesday. At 3.15, we'll talk much more about City, but we have to move on, Ben, to talk about Liverpool against Spurs. I mean, a result where we thought Liverpool would have momentum, still after the result, legs still tired from the Champions League matchup against Villarreal, came out, looked like they were in control, but Tottenham Hotspurs have proven against the top two that they can get results too. Young Ming Song gets a goal. And Liverpool presses, get the equalizer, but wasn't enough, gets the draw. Question, Ben. Yep. Is this the end for Liverpool's title hopes this season?
1: Yes. And I said it on the last episode. I know. I said it on the last episode where we were talking about this. And I said, Liverpool just played that game. They're going to come in. They're going to be a little tired. And I said, I would not be surprised. I think I literally said it was going to be a 1-1 tie. Uh, if you're listening to this, go back and watch the last episode. I'm pretty sure I predicted this one. Um, Liverpool, when I'm looking at the schedule, have two more games to play, two more cup finals that they have to play. Their money right now and their eyes are not on the Premier League, and that's a given. Um, they already have a Carabao Cup. A, a quadruple, while, well, yes, it is still in play, it's not going to happen because they need to. they can't focus on all three. Um, and their schedule is a little bit more difficult. We've talked about a lot last week, but I just think this Liverpool team is going to start resting their players a little bit in the Premier League. I think I wouldn't be surprised if you see the likes of Saudi Omane or Mohamed Salah coming off in the 70th minute and they get that extra 20 minutes of rest because there's a Champions League game to be played. So I I think they just don't have their eyes set on the Premier League. I think they could if they if they said we don't care about the Champions League anymore. We want to go focus on the Premier League. They could easily go do that and they could easily come back and beat City. And I would not be shocked. But the way things are right now and with City gaining that goal differential as well, that's City have a four point advantage at this point. They have the goal differential on Liverpool. They have four goals on them, I think. So I don't see Liverpool coming back. I think it's over for them.
0: Funny enough that you brought that up because I was going to bring that up. Yes, the goal differential, I think, a was a, was, a, was a huge win for City. And, you know, because, you know, again, these two head-to-head had, you know, the way they did, kind of, they drew. And so it was goal differential. And I thought when City scored the amount of goals, that was very smart of them to score as much goals as they needed to. Because, again, it could come down to, to, to points and goals. So, obviously there. But Liverpool, you know, they were the, one of the hottest teams in football, as we talked about, before losing to Villarreal. Again, it was a tire's legs. You know, they're playing at home. They had the crowd with them. I mean, again, this is a Spurs team against the top two have been really playing well. Uh, and they're trying also to try to keep their hopes to get into Champions League football. And we'll get into that. But Liverpool, I think, will have a difficult portion to get the quadruple i don't see that happening are you kidding me winning four major trophies in one season i don't think i've ever seen that in my lifetime i don't think that's possible
1: i've united um, united, united united did the the double i don't think anyone's ever done the quadruple the
0: quadruple Quadruple. Yeah. i've never that is hard and that and that, and there's a reason why it's hard to do uh again manchester city had no champions league had no competition left I think this is their title to lose. As you mentioned, Liverpool, I don't think are that concerned about the title race. Yes, they want to be in the title race. But at this point, Ben, I mean, you also have to, to keep in mind, as you talked about, like, they got to rest players. They got to make sure these players are, are, are fine, as we saw with Real Madrid <laughs> uh, this weekend. I mean, they were playing all their bench players, even their academy players, uh, in in after clinching the title. So I think Liverpool... You know, looking their next matchup, they're going to play tomorrow against Aston Villa. We'll see what happens there. Again, it's it's a mentality that to, it's difficult to been to keep up playing that same intensity all the time. It it's not easy. Yeah. you know, especially the way Liverpool want to play and to do that. If you want to conserve energy, you cannot do that. You know, for the next, I would say the next month. Like they they can't they can't do that. They have two finals and then they have three games in the Premier league i just don't see themselves just playing this same way for the
1: next four straight weeks i don't see it i mean what do you i think we talked about this but what what, do you, what would you prioritize if you're liverpool i'm going champions league yeah i would i put fa cup i can't remember the last time liverpool won the fa cup and then premier league's at the bottom for me for them um yeah and I think go, mm-hmm, go I would
0: go. Go ahead. I think
1: it's a, it's money. Sorry, and then B, yeah. I think it's the FA. Uh, the Premier League is the one where if they lose it, no one's gonna be on their backs about it. Everyone's gonna be like, okay, like you, you weren't expected to win this. That's okay. But I think these other two that they're in right now are things that they realistically are the front runners in and should win. Right. Um, so if you're looking at it from that perspective, losing the Premier League isn't that big a deal. So
0: I look at it as as this Champions League number one you win two or four years that's impressive you win two Champions League in, in in the last four years that that not only that looks good on you they have would have seven Champions League right excuse me right they would have seven Champions League titles in their history and so I mean I just think that's incredible but honestly I would say for me Ben I would go Champions League, FA Cup, Premier League. I think you win two trophies, which they would get. I think that would, for me, that would be perfect for Liverpool. That would be a tremendous season. But obviously, you know, anything's possible. But, you know, I don't think City, the way that they, they will put themselves all full position to make sure they get this Premier League title. But again, I think this is going to be just a, quite a bit interesting to see what Liverpool does but again I do not see them doing this quadruple because of the intensity and the amount of games you have to play and the, again you, you want to conserve some of these players because Real Madrid will be ready and, and, that, and that's the game I think that's more priority right now if I'm Liverpool because it's a Champions League and the Champions League is one of the biggest competition in, in the world so I
1: will have that as priority I think one thing, you're talking about two Champions Leagues in four years. I don't think enough has been said about three Champions Leagues in three years from Real Madrid. Um, it's just something that I don't think people understand enough about how much of a time commitment that is, where you're putting yourself – it's a long time ago, but three Champions League wins in three years is incredible. Um, you're playing over what? like fit? I'm trying to think how many games that is probably an extra 10 or 12 games on your schedule. Like it, it takes a toll on you. And the fact that they did it in three years and we're sitting here talking about how Liverpool could potentially win two and four years. And that's still a big thing. It's props to Real Madrid. I just wanted to toss that little point in there.
0: Uh, I agree there. I mean, I'm all, I'm all in. I'm a, i think obviously Real Madrid win three straight is important, but yeah. Liverpool doing that. I think Real Madrid historically, again, you know, history of the club makes all the difference, as we mentioned. But Liverpool doing this in an era where City's dominating the Premier League in an era where, again, you look at City as one of the dominant teams, yet Jurgen Club has come in and really turned this Liverpool team into a powerhouse to make it the way they did. Because, again, getting to Champions League finals isn't easy. You know, we've seen it, Matt. You know, Electric Madrid do it. We've seen Barcelona do it. But... You know, it's been a while since we've seen a Premier League team kind of, you know, make it in in a short period of time. You know, we've seen Chelsea do it. But, you know, to see them get to another final is highly impressive. And I think
1: to do that the way they did also was was really well. Can I pose you one quick question on this? Yeah. If if City weren't as dominant in the Premier League, would Liverpool have this much success in Europe? And Liverpool, what was the question? Can you so, repeat that? So if City weren't as dominant in the Premier League that they have been for the under Pep Guardiola, mm-hmm. do you think that Liverpool would have been this successful in Europe? I say no. No. I think that the reason Liverpool are so good in the Champions League is because of the Premier League, no one expects them to win it. And if they don't, it's not that big a deal. Like, we're not sitting here talking about how Liverpool lost it. Quiet, uh, mm. What ninety? They lost it by one point, the ninety-eight to ninety-seven, and then they lost to a Centurion team. Like we're not talking about that. Liverpool have kind of gone under the like under the radar in the Premier League, and then they pop up in the Champions League. But yeah, that's my question to you. Do you think because Liverpool are so under the radar in the Premier League that they're doing so well in the Champions League? I agree. I
0: I think the fact that when City pushed Liverpool. I think that's that's just helped this team. I think it's really pushed them to strive to be the best version of themselves. And I think club has been pushed, even Guardiola has been pushed. And I think it's helped Liverpool. And also Liverpool, our team that just, uh, I would say are our, our team that just knows how to play uh, uh, what people like the most is a, a team that loves to play for each other. And I think that's what we see with this team. And that's what a lot of, you know, ex-player, former players say that the difference between Guardiola and Club is Guardiola's uh, uh, his, his intensity is a, is sometimes a little too much, and we don't see that at Liverpool. And Liverpool looks like they have joy and they enjoy playing with each other, and that's what I think makes a difference. So we'll leave it there, and when we come back, we'll we'll continue quickly on the Premier League, talking about some top four finishes, some relegation battles, and much more here on the Final Whistle Podcast. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back. We're back. Let's first, before we get into some, uh, you know, Spurs, Arsenal, kind of uh, top four implications, I want to get into the game that Ben had to text me because <laughs> Brighton not only had, a, had a, a game plan, but they not only scored one, two, they scored four against Manchester United and they got a huge win, and United, once again, a, a disappointing result. Ben,
1: is this the lowest we've seen of Manchester United this season or ever? So they, they talked about it on the broadcast where this will be the lowest, uh, excuse me, Manchester United's worst ever Premier League season. I'm sitting in my room, my roommate are watching the game. He looks at me and goes, This is their worst? Like, he's like, If I'm Man United, this isn't that bad. And I go, Oh, no, this is bad. Um, Obviously, I think under David Moyes, they finished eighth. But this team, you're looking at the squad that they have and how terrible they have been all season. Like, think about if they didn't sign Ronaldo. Where would they have been without Cristiano Ronaldo? They'd be nowhere. Um And I think, yes, Mason Greenwood's whole situation has taken a big hit on United because he was a player that they would have been able to rely on. Um, The likes of Ten Hag just not trusting Edison Cavani sometimes uh, has seen them take a hit. But in terms of squad that they have and the expectations that are around this team, this is the worst I've ever seen them. And I think everyone will agree with me in saying that. I think the one player... mm, there's, there's two or three players I would say I think have been good and that they should not, they should be completely removed from any of this conversation. That's David De Gea. That's Anthony Alanga. And I mean, that's, that's really, I think Juan Mata recently can, and Matic can be taken away from that. But if Juan Mata and Matic are your two best players and you have Cristiano Ronaldo on your roster, that's right. something to be.
0: Well, I wish I had my friend Kyle, who, who's a long, hard Manchester United fan. He, he lives and breathes and sweats Manchester United because he had – and he was telling me, hey, can I come on? I was like, well, you know, I had to think about it for a second because, you know, if I had him on, I mean, I just, he would just go outrageous <laughs> about this United team. I mean, listen – Lowest points they're going to have in the Premier League. I mean, this Manchester United team, everywhere, I don't think there's a future what's going to happen with this team. This, not only, again, we've talked about this last week, and and again, it's just so annoying, but we ha- I have to reiterate yet again, it starts from the top down. And the fact that we... And the thing that sums all of this up, Ben, all of this, is that Ralph Ragnick is could actually have the national team job and also be consulting with Manchester United? That sums up everything <laughs> what's happening with Manchester United. I mean, that just blows my mind. I'm like, what? You're allowed to stay with the club while you're you're coaching the national? It's a complete mess. I mean Eric Tenho, I hope I've I've always believed in his in his in his philosophy and the style of play, but man, there's so much work to be done here. I, I defensively, they're Eric, Harry Maguire, the most expensive defender in the history. Oh, he of football. sucks. He sucks. <laughs> they spent so much money on him. They thought he was going to be this Virgil Van Dijk because previously that's what you know Liverpool did. They upgraded their their and signed one of the, the center backs. At the time, it was Virgil van Dyke and Manchester United tried to copy that. And clearly, that just hasn't been the case. It hasn't worked out. Then we get to the midfielders. There's If you're trusting Fred and Scott McTominay to be your best two center defensive midfielders, that shows you a lot of where Manchester United are. Then let's get to up top, the forwards. Marcus Rashford has done a tremendous job off the field and in and the, and the stance he's he's done for Manchester United and ambassador, but he hasn't, he's only had one plenty 20 plus goal, all competition
1: goal scoring tallies in his career. That's injury though. That's injury this year. Inj- oh, yeah. no. Injury,
0: injury, et cetera. No, no, but the, he's had a couple of seasons where we thought he's a good, he, he has to be better. That's yeah. just the, that's just the fact. And then Bruno Fernandez, a player I thought, when they made the signing, you know, he looked like he was going to be this brilliant player last season, played tremendously has fallen off. And yet they're going to give him a new contract. Like he's 26, 27. I like, are you sure you want to give him a new contract after he's had a disappointing season? Doesn't that not make sense to you? You give a, you reward someone a new contract when they don't perform well. Does not that make any sense for this United team? And so, when I look at this, this is a complete mess. There's so much this team and this club needs to do to catch up to where it once was. You know, we have a list. This once upon a time, you know, Manchester United would be a team of comebacks. I mean, they're far from that, and this is so bad. What a horrible result. Feel bad for United fans. I feel bad for Eric Ten Hall. I don't see this going well. I hope I'm wrong,
1: but man, this is horrible to see United. That's just bad. One of the most historic clubs in the world has fallen terribly. Terribly. And as a Manchester City fan, I love every single minute of it.
0: (laughs) It is. I hope to see this club back returning to where it once was. Honestly, we thought this season they would be a contender to the title. We thought coming into this season that they will be a, a title contender with the sign of Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, Rafael
1: Varan, they thought they will be enough to compete for the title. And Varan doesn't, doesn't get talked about. about either. No one talks about how terrible he's been. But because he's Rafael Varane, he just escapes it. Like, no, he's been terrible, too.
0: (laughs) And it's just, it's all over the place. Cristiano Ronaldo, who knows what his future will be? I mean, obviously, if he decides to stay, this will be the first time in his career he'll play in the Europa League or what, you know, depending on where they finish. But man, oh man, Manchester United have so much work to be done. I don't see where this club goes from here. And I hope. United fans understand that I will help you and heal you the best way I can by giving you my best effort to talk about this club so this club good but listen and all, and all jokes aside I mean this is just another another episode of the fall of Manchester United I mean there's videos anybody wants to go watch uh what you call um there's a there's a youtuber i think his name is kumar Yeah, if you ever guys ever watch and he has some like he, he makes a lot of creative videos about like downfalls and story of former players like there's some amazing stories about andriano um he talked about boyan he also talked about you know a couple former players honestly he he's a guy he's he's made a video about the the downfall Manchester united i'm telling people right now go watch it you understand what i'm saying All right. We'll we'll leave it there. Moving on to Chelsea. This is another club that we have to get into because there was a lot of news that happened. Um, One of those news were then that they finally have the Dodgers part owner Ty uh, Bonley as the winner for taking over the club for Abramovich. So they have a new owner. But there is some worry right now because they did get a draw after going up 2 nothing with two goals from Lukaku. Should Chelsea be worried about making it into Champions League football next season?
1: Uh, no. Normally, I'd say yes. But if you look at the table, I mean, they're five points away from fifth place Tottenham. I think, I think the question should be rephrased to, should they be concerned that they're going to fall to fourth? And that is a big concern for Chelsea football club right now. Fourth is where Chelsea are most likely going to end up. I think Arsenal's form right now is going to propel them over the edge. And I think the big factor for Arsenal is Eddie and Ketia coming up. Um, Chelsea, it's not their fault that their mind is not focused on every single game. There's a lot of stuff that's happening behind the scenes that maybe we don't see in the media, but we're seeing a deep amount of it. Um, Chelsea will be fine they'll make the, they'll make the champions league. I think it's just, they're going to have to fall down to fourth, but man, that was not the best game for Chelsea football club. And I think we talked about it last year, last week when they lost to Everton, we're just sitting there. Like you should be better than this. Like, this is such a good team. You have the right coaching. Like this, this is probably one of the most put together teams I've seen in the premier league over the past few years where the manager's right for them. Every single player on that team fits how they want to play apart from Romelu Lukaku. um, Mm -hmm. They just got to do better. And then I think the other thing is too, is it's got a Christian Pulisic has got to go. Wow. not, Not in a bad way. I just think he gets way too much criticism and it's not, it's not good for him. He, he works his socks off every single game. And every single game in the post game, I always hear about how Christian Pulisic sucks. Um, get him out. Go send him to Barcelona. He, he it at Barcelona, but send him somewhere else. You know, I, I'll i give you your opinion. He's got to go somewhere where he is much more appreciated um, than Chelsea. So, yeah. So
0: here's what I say. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, they, they will have a new owner. I think that, that's a good sign for their, their stake because, you know, throughout I would say the last couple of months, I mean, this has been one of the issues. But despite all that, I mean, listen, they were, if you would say, 20, 10 minutes away from winning the Champions League or passing around Madrid. I mean, that tells you a lot of where this club can be uh, and where they're not right now. Uh, one of the th- issues is also going on Is the futures of some of their, their, their players And that's a couple of them Rudiger have signed with Real Madrid pre contract Christensen has signed with Barcelona Espeti future Is also uh, up in the air And then when you look at it I mean Christian Pulisic I, I think well, we can get into that another day I'll, I'll leave that to you yeah. But the Lukaku issue I have a big issue with that I, I really do I he hadn't haven't scored since December. I think he's a great. I think he could be world class striker. We saw that last year. He helped Inter Milan win the first title, and and, and since 2010. I mean, Lukaku has had a bad season. Clearly, obviously, he hasn't helped himself with the comments he put out in the middle of this season. Talk about you know (laughs) Inter talking about the Chelsea. I mean, clearly, I mean, we we've seen what he's. Not helped himself with. I think that really was a factor. But the fact is they have everything, as you mentioned, Ben, to be a great club this year. And they just weren't very consistent. You know, midfield wise, defender-wise, goalie-wise. Every position is loaded. I mean, maybe you could say it's it's number nine because they set yet still have not scored enough goals. But aren't, honestly, it's the way they play. But you know, it's a, I, I don't get into top four. I think they're still five points away from Spurs. Do you trust Spurs? Maybe not. I look into Chelsea's schedule. They have Leeds United. That's going to be one hell of a match tomorrow. Oh, excuse me, Wednesday. Because Leeds United, obviously, right now, falling.
1: Uh-oh. And
0: then, <laughs> falling. And then, obviously, they're going to play in the final, which, again, a trophy would not uh, – would help this team because, again – this is a club that right now is going a lot, going through a lot. And then they have Leicester City, Walford. I think that's enough. I think they'll still place, place in third. But obviously, there's so many futures going around. And now, again, I, we're, we all know what's going to happen with the owner, obviously, for fans and football, for Chelsea fans, is will they spend like yeah. Abramovich did? And I think the answer is no. And I think that's a concern because they we've we seen – how much owners have done. And I think the problem is, I'm not saying this to be disrespectful, but I will say this. American owners are very different from some of these other rich owners. Uh, as we see, you know, uh, Manchester City, you know, PSG, even Abramovich, who was very rich at the time. I don't think we will ever see what Abramovich did from 2003 to beyond because he spent so much. He's changed the club so much. Just for winning, and he won so much. And I don't think we're going to expect that for the near future for Chelsea.
1: Um, I just looked it up really quickly. We were talking about mm. money wise. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I think Chelsea are one of those teams where they have enough in house talent, um, and especially how good their academy has been. Like, I mean, Colin right. Gallagher is coming back. Um, that's a, that's a big thing. I just. Billy Billy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a name just a name um but also if you're looking to spend a little bit of money mark way of crystal palace i just looked up he still has a buyback clause from chelsea um so those, there's players out there that chelsea have ties to come yeah. right, back on loan or be chelsea have about what 70 players out on loan right now so right. they have talent they don't need to spend money like you said it's just finding that correct system of how to get them all to play together. Right. Uh, the challenge for the next few years for Chelsea.
0: That's going to be the question. And that will be something we will have to see what happens because with their new ownership and see if that will be the difference uh, for Chelsea in the future. And also Tuchel. I mean, there was rumors that he could be out. I mean, again, sometimes when new owners come in, it can be a, a, a difficult pair for players, for coaches, and it's whole staff. So Again, I, I think it's enough. They'll get into Champions League football. Hopefully, Tuchel stays and hopefully Lukaku continues to perform because I think there's still a player in Roman Lukaku who could perform well. But again, this Chelsea team is still a lot going on. Um, I want to get into Leeds United and Arsenal lastly because Arsenal get a 2 1 win. Looks like they will be in control of their own destiny to get into Champions League football next year. And then on the other side, Ben, Leeds United.
1: They're done. They're done. I, like I said last week to you, <laughs> it looks like it's potentially done for them, but
0: Burnley got lost. So it's difficult to say, but I mean, first I'm on both sides. Where you want to start? I, I mean, it's both heads and tails, but I mean, what a result for Arsenal, huh?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll quickly touch on Arsenal. I think yeah. the biggest thing from Arsenal, like I said before, Eddie Nketiah is finding his feet in the Premier League, and it's awesome to see because, I mean, we saw him go out. He went out on loan to Leeds Decent a little while ago, and then he keeps getting loaned out to these championship sides. Nico Arteta saying he doesn't trust him yet, um, and then came back and apologized to Nketiah in front of all of the media saying, I don't know why I didn't see this kid. Um, he is going to be the key to Arsenal's success in the next few seasons, especially. Wow, you think he's
0: going to sign? Do you think he's going to sign a new contract yes. with Arsenal?
1: Wow. Yes. Okay. I think I think Arteta coming out and saying I I really screwed up here um, is a is a big thing because when was the last time you heard a manager say Oh, I I didn't even think about him and I and I apologize. Right. Um, he's going to be the key to their success, so. Seeing him play and perform well, and like we got to talk about Lacazette does not have a contract. it has gone, yeah, almost, almost likely. Um, but they still had to play him because they didn't have anyone else. So the fact that he stepped in and has scored five or six Premier League goals this season in this short amount of time, incredible. Right. Um, as well as the likes of Tommy coming back in the squad, right? Very good to see him. Uh, what's gonna happen with them? Um, there's a lot of questions around this Arsenal squad, but like we said, Champions League, they're fine. I think they're going to get third. Do you think they're going to get fourth? We'll see who's right. Um, Going to Leeds, (laughs) it's the goal differential that I'm looking at right now. That's the thing is that Burnley have minus 17, Leeds have minus 35. That's an extra point right there. There you go. Uh, I talked about it when I saw Jesse Marsh came in. I don't think he was given enough time to change Bielsa Ball from these Leeds guys to save them. And I think that's what's happening right now. So I think they're done. I would love to see Leeds stay up. I'd love to see Jesse Marsh for another season in the Prem and watch Burnley go down because Burnley are just a sinking ship. But I I think the way Leeds have taken the rest of the season, it's, it's Leeds. Just sad. Leeds United will play Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea both.
0: Chelsea looking for a result. I don't think they're home, but I don't see that as a win. Brighton, as we saw, they scored four goals against Manchester United. Yes, it's Manchester United, but that won't be easy. And then they got Brentford. So I see two of the three losses. I think that's for me. That's enough. And I and I think Burnley get one more win. I think they send in the Premier League, and I think Leeds United will will get relegated.
1: I think it's three points that keep them. That's I I you know, I didn't know what I always say I think it's one point that's going to decide the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um. I think they all, both teams could lose out, and it's literally just who's the first to get a point. We'll see. Right. So.
0: Incredible. Yeah. But so much going on in the Premier League. I mean, there's going to be games happening throughout the week. Hopefully, next week we'll, we'll, we'll recap all that. I mean, so much more to continue on here on the Final Whistle Podcast. we got the Champions League to discuss. Coming back, I've been looking so forward to this. I've been looking so forward to it. I mean, there's two segments we had to get into, but this one, this one is so good. Champions League, football at its greatest, at its finest. I mean, Ben, before we get into the game and its analysis and, and, you know, the game itself, I got to say this. I was watching the game from my job at ESPN, (laughs) and I was doing some other work, whatever, and I was watching the game. And I saw what happened and, you know, the whole world went crazy and results and the whole, you know, I mean, I was, I was just insane. I was all over the place. I got to say what's the best about this sport. What's the greatest thing about this sports are the football gods, just being part of the game. <laughs> and also not only being part of the game, just helping People like myself who was tired and slow and just kind of over the place, just find some boost of energy that just came out of nowhere. I was just so energetic for the rest of my work time. I It was a boost of energy that game gave me, and I was good. I was fine. I was great. I enjoyed it. I couldn't believe what the football gods did to me, but they boosted my myself. I don't know how I found it. But a level of energy that I never had in like three days. I just found a level of energy I never did before. But that's what happens when you watch the Champions League. Because let's first get into it. Manchester City. Manchester City got into uh, a game that I would say pretty much is a historical uh, game if you look at it. They were up 1-0. Real Mara's goal, 73rd minute. Uh, looked like it, it was going to be City with the, the, the one hand on the trophy getting into the finals, but Real Madrid. Real Madrid in 60 seconds, two goals, force, extra time, get the penalty. Real Madrid, advance. 6-5 in aggregate to advance to its 14th Champions League final. Something like that. And Manchester City, for another season, will not let the Champions League title. So, Ben, a lot of stories, a lot of angles. I The floor is yours.
1: So I think you said you have a you have a lot of seg we have a lot uh, uh, we have a lot of segments to get to so don't worry I won't I won't I won't speak too uh too too much on the topic, um, I uh, let's just say I I woke up the next morning, and there's a picture of Rodrigo running around on the field, and I got about fifteen Instagram DMs from fifteen different people, saying like good morning Ben, and I was like eh, like not today not today not today. I don't even, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> it's so, I knew it oh, was recovering. <laughs> to I knew it was going to happen. And I said it so many times they weren't going to win. And I was like, I was like deep down. I was like, no, no, we're fine. We're fine. We're going to win. Come on, man. <laughs> it's two more minutes, two more minutes. And you were fine. <laughs> Not even, no, no, let me just take that back. Fine, fine. First goal goes in, fine. I don't care. You then let him score another oh God. 60 seconds. <sighs> no goals. It hurt. It hurt. <laughs> I've never felt more pain from a Manchester City Champions League. Actually, no. No, even the Champions League final last year didn't hurt as much as this one hurt. Because I can admit Chelsea, Chelsea outclassed a team that did not have any identity. So, I'm, I'm okay saying we lost that game. But this game right here, what happened? I, I couldn't tell you. Like, did you fall asleep? Did we all fall asleep on defense here? Like, terrible game. I, I'm, I, here, I'm handing it back to you. I can't. I can't even. I'm still recovering from this.
0: Honestly, on the serious note, and I'm trying to, to, to <laughs> kind of reel us back because we're kind of <laughs> a little bit off the off the rare, but I'll, I'll bring it back. Honestly, Real Madrid. Carlos Ancelotti, we got to give some props to him. Oh, yeah. Because not only did he now, for was it now, he has an opportunity to win his his fourth Champions League with Real Madrid. I mean, he's won basically everywhere. If you've seen it, that's won five major trophies in five different of the top five leagues. I mean, he's just one of the great coaches. I've always admired him, and I never understood why he left in, in 2015 when they made that decision to leave him out. But he's a coach that completely. Just has a, as you talk, and even heard the pressers afterwards. Just, he talks about the players and and just a good relationship with them. And, And that's what the difference is between some coaches, great coaches, and the best of them. And that's what he is, one of the best coaches. And when we put one of the best managers of all time, he's up there. But Real Madrid, they did this to BSG. They did this to Chelsea. They did this to City. I mean... I'm Liverpool right now, is there, I mean, I would be scared. I I think right now, at this moment in time, Ben, Real Madrid are the most feared team right now in football. There's no lead that they do not feel that they cannot
1: come back. So then what do you do? Do you just let them score first then? I mean, saying that, it's just, there
0: was no way they had less than 1%. There was a guy that bet what was one, either what was it 30, 32, $34,000. He bet, live betting that Real Madrid were going to win 3 1 in extra time. And guess what? He won. There was 1% chance they were going to win. There was no evidence at all. Real Madrid had nothing. Kareem Benzema, I thought, looked like the Kareem Benzema from previous seasons, had opportunities and missing. But he reminded us. That Real Madrid, just the belief, the soccer gods, the belief, to keep working, to believing. Rodrigo, who knew? I mean, it was a player that, you know, had inconsistency. But it, incredibly, that's what football is. And I got to get into the city side. Let's get into, I want to I transition because obviously there's so much on the Real Madrid side. And so much kudos to Real Madrid. But Pep Guardiola. This is something I've been talking about. I've been dying to talk about because this is something I, I'm really intrigued to hear your perspective on. He's made it to the most semifinals in the history of any manager. But, semifinals after semifinals since winning his first, or excuse me, his last Champions League in 2011, he's not reached a final since. I, I, don't know where it's come. I think he's talked about it in the pressers. He's kind of talked about European success and City success, as, you, as I mentioned before. But, my God, how will you look at Guadiola's legacy?
1: I think he doesn't have one at City. I okay. think the only big thing that he's really done, he's won, he's won Premier League's but he he was a centurion once and that's pretty much it. Um, I can't think of many accomplishments that he'll have further because he's not going to win a Champions League and I'm okay saying that. With He's not going to win one with City. There's no shot he wins one with City. I don't think he wow. has it. I love him. I, he has been, he is one of my greatest uh, greatest managers of all time. But He is. He can't, he's a manager that's, not comfortable with how his team's playing and he will try to frustrate the other team rather than just relying on his team's performances. Now that's his main problem. Um, and if he ever works that out, that's great. But we saw it last year. You don't play a six. You don't play Roger or both who had fantastic season. You play Gundogan in the six. That's why they lost that game. There's other times when they don't play a striker where yes, it's worked for him in the past, but he's like, I want to try to frustrate this team. Trying to play Gabriel Jesus on the wing, it's worked for him, but like sometimes it's not gonna work. These th- things he tries don't always work. Trying to play Fabian Delphitz at left back a few years ago, mm-hmm. not gonna work. How I don't see him having a legacy if he can't get past these I need to frustrate the other team. Focus on your team and your team only. Don't try to frustrate other people. See, so he has no legacy for me. I think it's he's a centurion winner. And he won the FA Cup that year. Um, He won the domestic treble. That's cool. The man has no legacy until he wins the Champions League. And to do that, no one's going to look at this and say, oh, he won the Champions League because he did all these tactics. No, it's going to say 2025 Champions League winner, Manchester. That's all it's going to say. doesn't matter how you get there. You just got to get there. And he can't do it. He physically can't do it.
0: Well, I will say that since... Guardiola has left, Lionel Messi has the Champions League title, and he was the reason why they won in 2015. I think there's a question, you know, people want to bring up Jordan and and Phil Jackson, that Jordan never won without Phil, or or Phil won with Kobe, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I think I always bring that up because I think those two sometimes just have a, just a connection that I always it it always bring it always pops up, you know, Guardiola is an made it to a final and messy, obviously, you know, different, but Pep has an issue and the issue, Ben, and I think you said it and I'm going to kind of firm it on everybody right now is that he loves to dominate the game. He's always talking about, well, I want to control, want to control, control the game. Yes. Does it well, does it better than most managers ever in the football history. The problem is when you're not in control, what's your plan B? And yeah. we saw there was that plan B didn't work. And, and when you don't have a plan B, your players have nothing. And you just saw that, that, that game, that, that was Real Madrid from the moment they scored that, that first goal. I mean, you sensed it like something was coming and as we saw led to the goal. And then there was no reaction, nothing. They were psychologically done. I said after that first goal or excuse me, that second goal, they ain't coming back. They are not coming back. And we saw this season also, Manchester City, again, when they are, are pushed by an opponent, they don't push back. They only have two comebacks this season uh, in the prim- – I mean, in, in all of the season under Guardiola. Real Madrid have nine. That's the difference. Real Madrid, when the game's ugly, they come back. Barcelona, a team that came back in the weekend, have seven comeback wins this season. That tells you it's not about domination in the game. It's not about having a a certain style. It's about character and can you have a plan B even when your plan A doesn't work? And that's what we see. And it doesn't work. And that's been the problem at Manchester City. He doesn't have a plan B. And it clearly has now put him in a situation where, yes, he's one of the great managers, but he still hasn't won since he left Barcelona. And I think that right now for his legacy still is a – Leaves the question to a lot of people's
1: eyes. I think his job's safe. I think that's something. No, no, absolutely. His his job's completely safe. Yes. just There's there's this point where your job's safe, and then you're comfortable in your job. Right. And then you're pushing yourself. He falls into that where he's comfortable. He's trying to get to that point where he's pushing himself to exceed expectations of everyone else, but he he can't get there because he can't bridge his – he can't bridge the thoughts in his head from comfortable to competing at the highest level and doing right. it week in week out, not just creating weird tactics, but just keeping the same thing that has worked for you. And especially, I mean, think about the year they won the hundred points. I think it was 17, 18. That was a Man City team. Yes. They didn't face much adversity, but when they went down, it's like when you're playing and you're a kid and you say, okay, we just scored. It's still zero, zero. That was the same mindset for every single time they scored. That's what we saw them score. Probably at least 10 games that were over four goals that season because they were vicious. I don't think they're that vicious anymore. I think they've kind of just, they get pushed back a little bit and they get nervous like you talked about and they get timid and they don't know what to do. They're not that vicious team that we've seen. So how do you bring that back? That's Pep Guardiola's mission for next year. Okay. Uh, on the other side, Ben, Villarreal brought it. They, uh, as I
0: didn't expect, and I said this will be a, a Liverpool win, and Villarreal kind of made me have scratching scratch in my head a little bit after that first half, up two goals to nil, really looked like they had some level of control, and they looked like they ran out of gas. Liverpool win, they scored three goals and advanced to, again, as we mentioned, three finals in five years. Um. Liverpool against Real Madrid. Early, early predictions. How do you look at this matchup? Real Madrid three, Liverpool zero.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I and wow, by it though. wow. I'll I stand buy it. I okay. you gave you asked the initial thoughts, and then boom, I was just like, they're gonna steamroll them. Okay. Um, and I think it's, I think. I think it's what we've talked about all podcasts. It's that Liverpool have still have things to play for and Real Madrid don't. And that's not... Well, no, actually, no. That's that's all because of how these teams have played all season. Real Madrid have made it so comfortable for themselves domestically that they don't need to go after every game. Liverpool do. That's going to be the key factor. You're going to see players getting rested in other tournaments for Liverpool. Yes, rest is good but they also need to keep playing with each other. They need to keep fighting and keeping in that competitive environment. And if you're getting rested, you're not getting to experience that. That's what's going to happen with Liverpool. I don't think, I think it's going to be close for the first 20, 25 minutes. And then Real Madrid are going to score one and Liverpool are not to me, are not a team that likes to chase a game too, too often. They don't do it very well. Um and I think there's going to be a lot of holes, and especially if they can't figure out who's going to play alongside Van Dyke in that game, because I frankly don't know who would. Yeah, uh, Benzema's going to expose them, and it's just going to be Vinicius running. There's so many good matchups in this game. I you think definitely. Alongside Van Dyke. But I think the most important one will Trent. be Trent versus Vinicius, because Trent cannot one-on-one defend at all. Uh, he sucks at it. So <laughs> trying to watch the two of them go at it, is going to be awesome. Plus Trent's going to get caught way too far off the field as he always does. And with Vinicius speed and dribbling, it's just going to be a recipe for disaster. I'm going to sit back. Maybe I'll get some popcorn and I'm going to watch Liverpool FC get absolutely demolished in this final.
0: All I'm going to say, I'm going to leave it at this, that I remember a quote from a player that said, we remember 2018 and uh, from a Liverpool player, um, and I heard, I was like, oh, they remember what happened there. Because some of these players have been there in 2018. We know what happened uh, with Sergio Ramos injuring Mo Salah. And again, that's why I bring it up. Oh, they brought it up. Oh, they remember. I was like, oh, man, that this is going to be some kind of final. So for me, I'm really going to enjoy this. Because the fact that Liverpool is a Liverpool player said that, and the rich history around Madrid, and knowing that right now Real Madrid are in a uh, in a moment where they look like they're the most feared team right now, because no result are, are scared to them right now. I think it really leaves anything for them, and anything's possible. Awesome, but it's gonna be some kind of fun. I'll just leave, we'll say more for this when the final gets closer. But uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into our top MLS stories of the week and then we'll get into a segment that you guys will very enjoy when we come back. All right, coming back. MLS story of the week. Ben, you could start off or unless you want me to start it off. Because- I'll start
1: it off. Oh, well, go ahead.
0: Lead the lead the way.
1: I, I like this segment because it'll you've given me the opportunity to create a story out of the New England yes. Revolution and give me a, a platform to rent. Mm-hmm. So here we go. i I'm moving my mic right in front of me. Bruce Arena is not only the head coach of the revolution, he's also the, the sporting director, I believe. I think that's his title. So he's allowed to do all of the transfers. All of them. He brings in every single player. He brought in Sebastian Legette. Okay, that's cool. He's a men's national team player. Fair. Josie Altador. Well, Bruce, that's a little weird to me, but you know what? You've coached him before, so maybe you'll get the best out of him. And then he's brought this guy in named Omar Gonzalez, who, if <laughs> anyone doesn't know, was in his prime about 10 years ago with the LA Galaxy. And Bruce has said, we need some center back coverage. We don't care about John Bell, who's progressing very nicely and should realistically get in the side a lot more. Um, he's brought in Omar. And if I've ever seen a worse center back than Omar Gonzalez, let me tell you, this guy stinks. <laughs> um, so my storyline here is that Bruce Arena is relying too much on players that he has coached in the past, and that's why they're not succeeding at the highest level. The Revs went up in this game. They were up. I think it was 2-0. And they score once again, conceded an 89th-minute goal to drop two points. He relies way too much on previous knowledge from other players He can't get past the fact that his players that he coached 12 years ago are not in their prime and can't do the job. So Bruce Arena, figure it out, please. They're not even in a playoff spot. I think they're in 12th in the East. Terrible for a team that was tipped to win the MLS Cup this year. Um, They've dropped so far out of the power rankings that it's ridiculous. So my storyline of the week, Omar Gonzalez sucks. Bruce Arena, got to figure it out.
0: Wow, I don't know if I'm gonna to top that I ain't go that I ain't go I ain't go that deep, but I will say this I mean I, on the lighter note <laughs> on the lighter note. Uh, I will focus on the Seattle Saunders because yes, you know, I want to talk about Seattle in a way in that hasn't been talked about because finally, after multiple years of trying to compete with, the Mexican uh, clubs and trying to win a trophy, they finally won the historic, or I would say, the Concacaf Champions League trophy over Los Pumas. They get a three-nothing win in the second leg, and they claim the title, become the first MLS team to win the competition in its new format since it started in the two thousand eight two thousand nine campaign. Ruben Ruben Diaz gets two goals. And it was enough for this team to win. I think it's a huge kudos to MLS because for a very long time, Mexican soccer has always been a a league that looked down at MLS. And I think for the last couple of years, we started close to Toronto a couple of seasons ago where they were close to winning it. Um, The last couple of seasons we've seen Atlanta do it a couple of seasons ago over some of these Mexican teams. I think the gap between MLS now and in the Mexican clubs in Liga MX, is now closer where it's ever been, and I will say now that Seattle are now one of the teams they've never missed the playoffs in their history. And again, sometimes history, Real Madrid. Sometimes when you have history on your side, uh, it helps you tremendously. And we saw Seattle win a trophy that not only gives some boost to MLS um, and also boost to the league, but hope that i think right now mls it's on its way as a league to compete with the mexican clubs right now and i think sooner or later we'll see something i don't know if it will happen or not maybe we'll see a league between uh it's been talked about about the mexican league the mexican clubs and major league soccer coming in together in a, like a tournament style uh league who knows how that's going to work i've heard rumors of that happening but mls win Seattle, win, and a loss to <laughs> the, the revolution because that's our stories of the MLS week. I think we'll have something funny. I hope, Ben, I hope this changes, but we'll see. But transitioning next, because this is a new segment we call Field of Comebacks. Me and Ben will give you guys five of our top greatest football comebacks ever i have five ben has five we're gonna go back and forth we'll see if we can try to get our list correct or even the same because ben told me before that we will have likely the same uh teams but we'll see uh ben you could start off You want to go we're gonna go five to one okay
1: yeah we'll, so, we'll alternate
0: we're gonna alternate
1: yes Okay. Uh, you whoever? go first go ahead Number five, you probably didn't even watch this game, and I it's a West Bromwich Albion game 2013. On the final day of the Premier League season, they played Manchester United in what was Sir Alex Ferguson's 1500th and final game for the club. Manchester United, uh, this is the historic five five tie that you've probably heard about so. United go up 3-0. Uh, Kagoa scored in this game for United. John Olsen, who I've never heard of. And the New England Revolution legend designated player for about three games, Alex Butner, scores. Wow. And then all of a sudden, West Brom, out of nowhere. Ravel Morrison, a name that has has so much negative connotation with it. Uh, he comes in, he scores. Romelu Lukaku, I think was 19 or 20 at the time, scores. Uh, so they go with him one. And then Van Persie comes in, and Chicharito, it goes up to five two. You're thinking, all right, Sir Alex, it's it, it was like a it was a movie watching this game. I remember watching it. I was like, all right, this is this is his storybook ending. And then all of a sudden, Yusuf Malumbu comes in, he scores, Ryan. and then another two goals for Lukaku ends the game in a five five tie. West Brom came back twice. They came down from, I would say, the first comeback. They were down three nothing. They came to draw back three to two. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they do it again, and they make it 5-5. Fantastic game, and I'm very impressed. Okay,
0: okay. good one. Like it, remember it. I didn't watch it, but I didn't remember the highlights. Uh, 1999, I'm going to go. I'm a historian, as you guys all know, on this podcast. I love to go back to history because I, I love the game so much. Manchester United, I'm sticking with Manchester United. I'm going to go with the 2-1 win over Bayern Munich. They scored two goals in stoppage time. They were, Bayern Munich were up up 1-0. This is the 1999 Champions League final. If you guys don't remember, two goals, one of them, the second one, came from former manager of United, Ole Gunnar Shoskar, gave Manchester United their first ever Champions League trophy. But Looking back on it, two goals in stoppage time. And as you saw, it was a cross that came in. They get in the header. It was in the Camp No, Amazing win for Manchester United. Unbelievable win because obviously that was Sir Alex's first ever Champions League trophy. And kind of, you know, again, gave you, again, some of these great managers. Importance is to win a Champions League. I won't say, you know, multiple, but like. Getting that Champions League trophy for Sir Alex was very important because we saw what he did in the 90s and to win that trophy to legitify his career, I think was so important. Going 1999, going way before I was even one year old, Manchester United 2-1 over by
1: me. Uh, that's good. That's good. That's not a bad one. Let me let me take you to my four. So, uh, we talked a little bit about before the podcast started how mine are more recent. So, the rest are Champions League games. Okay. Um, mine are a little more recent. So, the next 10. one is Spurs Ajax. Hmm. Uh, Spurs go down one nothing at home in the first leg, and then second leg, they're away and they go down. Three to nothing. So there are on aggregate wise, they're down by three to nothing. And you're thinking to yourself, Spurs might be out of this one. Lucas Mora, two goals within the first five minutes of the second half. Insane. Probably the game that Lucas Mora, yes, while he was at uh, PSG, it was like this flashy player that people knew about. But I think right. this is the game where Lucas Mora really cemented himself as a goal scorer and a legitimate competitor within soccer. Um, right. So it's 3-2, and then all of a sudden, Marvin, Lucas Mora. final seconds of the game. Moves to Sissoko, to Lucas Mora, trickles in the back of the net. Mauricio Pochettino and his team defy all odds, and they go to the Champions League final, and they lose thanks to another goal from De Origi. But still one of, the, one of the greatest comebacks I've ever seen, especially that one goal that put him through. Great comeback.
0: Okay. I'm coming back to the Premier League. I'm gonna go with your favorite game. I'm gonna go Manchester City three two over Queens Park Rangers. Think about that. I'm gonna go. I went with that one as number four. I think again, contacts is when Queens Park Rangers realized that they were going to stay. I think it changed the landscape a little bit, but still, yet again, Queens Park Rangers were up two one going into stoppage time. You know what happens? Jacko gets a goal, then. We know happened happens Aguero, even have a celebration as we saw. Manchester City players were wearing a, a iconic uh reference to Aguero's Aguero's goal kind of goal. They were they were wearing a nice uh I think limited edition jerseys. It was dope. And it so, was really so I would go with that one because not only did you beat Manchester United, you beat them in the last day, you beat them in the final seconds, and you won your first, I mean, your—I your, mean, a Premier League title that, I mean, everybody was on the field. It was crazy. It was unbelievable. And Roberto Mancini and Sergio Aguero and that amazing City team not only won the title, they beat Manchester United by goal differential. How about that? I'm going number four, Manchester City.
1: I'd be mad because I forgot it, but I love that game. So I'm happy. Hey, oh. it made the list. Uh number three. This one is the rest, the rest of the games are all uh Barcelona games. Um number three, Liverpool, Barcelona, Champions League. Oh, that's rough. Liverpool down three nothing at the Camp New. You're like, ah, oh, it's over. They didn't have Sala, they didn't have Bobby for me though. You know who they did have? They had two guys. They had Wine Wijnaldum, who scored twice within two minutes, I believe, after coming on as a second half stub for Robbo. And then they had this guy, Marvin. They had this guy called Divock Origi. <laughs> <I> know <laughs> the, the name. Colts heroes for Liverpool. Seven minutes in the first half, he scores. He puts it up 3-1. Then, like I said, Wijnaldum, two goals. And then the corner was taken quickly, and it found Origi and they hit the back of the net, and that takes down Barcelona. That's it. That's my number three.
0: (laughs) I do have that game in my memory. It hurts. (laughs) That's why I understand your your pain right now because of of City. That was a pain I felt for about maybe three months. I was watching that game, and I I was a junior in college, I was watching it during, I think it was a free time. I was doing something. And I was just watching the game. And I said, "My so my friend is a Tottenham fan. And he's always made fun of me. And I said, oh, Liverpool's going to come back. I was like, no way. This is, we're up 3 nothing. We won 3 nothing in the camp. No, we have Messi. No way this is going to happen. Score four goals. And I was so depressed. It's still one of those heartbreaking things because... They played so well. They should have honestly scored in that first half. They should have been up. It was unfortunate those final seconds. That's why I said those final seconds of what Rodrigo did remind me of what went out of them because those two minutes Barcelona could not get out of their own box. I was like, kick it, kick it anywhere, but out. They brought everything. I mean, it was incredible. It was like all over the place and they just couldn't do it. Nessie, it was just, again, a reminder also that did this the previous season against Roma, so go figure. Uh, All right, I'm going to go with this one. Number three, Real Madrid, 4-1 win over Atletico Madrid in the 2014 Champions League final. Why do I say that, people ask? Well, Atletico Madrid, remind everybody, scored a goal way early from Diego Godin. Had the lead up to the 90. This was the 93rd minute of stoppage time. This honestly would have been the last. If this goal didn't go in. This would have been the last kick of the game. Ball gets crossed into Sergio Ramos. Game. Tied. Goes to overtime. I mean overtime. Extra time. And I hang in my ear. And Gareth Bale and Cristiano Ronaldo was too much comeback. I put this because not only did Real Madrid get their 10th trophy, this was a period where Real Madrid for 10 years hadn't won a Champions League title. So that important goal from Sergio Ramos changed the landscape of Real Madrid's kind of uh, Champions League struggles because for a long time, they were so struggling, they couldn't get to a final, and they finally did. And that goal saved their history because I think some of these other clubs will wish they could have had that Sergio Ramos header. I think that's number three because of what that goal did. It helped them historically make them a comeback king. And I think that's why I put them at number three.
1: That's fair. Right, that's a good game. That's a good game. My number two, I'm going to start it off with a quote okay. from Shakespeare himself. Not Shakespeare. Okay. A Shakespearean commentator. Okay. Roma has risen from the ruins. Manilas, the Greek god in Rome. The unthinkable unfolds before our eyes. This was not meant to happen. This could not happen. This is happening. Di Francesco does not know where to go. Iniesta does not know where to look. It's a Greek from Mount Olympus who has come to the seven hills of Rome and pulled off a miracle. If no one can see the view in the podcast, Marvin's not happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It's rough.
1: Uh, my number two is almost comeback versus Barcelona uh, to go to what the round of sixteen or the 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 quarterfinals of the Champions League. We
0: would have won that Champions League final. <laughs> I am telling people right now, we would have won. I still say that I can't believe because Liverpool goes on and wins and then they lose. I mean, ah, all right, Ben, I, can we pause one second? Cause I just got to say this. All I wanted that all I've ever wanted in my life was to win trophies. All I have as a Barcelona fan is to win trophies. But the one thing I have not seen in my lifetime and I will forever, forever uh, this will be a missed opportunity was to see Real Madrid and Barcelona, Liel Messi, and Cristiano Ronaldo play in one Champions League final. I that that was going to happen that season if they did not collapse. They had the team on as final season. Luis Suarez, this was all. This was all in the making. I am telling you right now, this was the one season where I thought this would actually happen. Because in Barcelona's history, every time they've gone to a, a, a Champions League final, they have won. One, one, one in the Messi era. So, all I wanted, all I ever wanted was to for Real Madrid and Barcelona to be in a final. And I never got that in the Messi era. So, I just got to say that.
1: I don't really think I need to go over too, too much of this game. It's only Robin's salt in the wounds here. But you you let Ed and of Manchester City reject <laughs> Oh somewhere. my goodness. Daniele De Rossi. One of <sighs> yeah. Roma's yeah. all-time heroes. And then Costas Manolas. What a guy he was. What a guy he is. He scores the header. Yeah. Barcelona have been taken down. That's my number two. And that's a really good number two. That's
0: a very good. That's a very good one that brings me. I mean, again, Liverpool. That brings me still more depressed than this Roma going because, you know, it's Liverpool and we're up there nothing. Uh, in this case, I mean, obviously, but I'll go to number two. People are going to have questions with this, but I won't. Barcelona wins it 6-1 in a legendary Champions League round of 16 in 2017. I'm going with this one at number two. PSG had the first, like, 4 nothing. We all saw...
1: That's side right. At, That's
0: I have this as my number two. PSG leads 4-0 in the first leg. Honestly, I thought it was done. No chance. Going back to the Camp Nou. But I, as always said, once upon a time, there is light. Once upon a time, there are houses. And then once upon a time, there is the Camp Nou. And one thing I will say is that Barcelona, historically, once upon a time, were Just unbeatable, as we see. We don't see now. Six goals, three goals in stoppage time, including, uh, I would say, Neymar's greatest game in club history. Comes in, like, uh, maybe two minutes, five minutes. And gets two goals in that final assist to Sergio Roberto. And the greatest comeback in the history of the Champions League. One of the great comebacks in football. That's why it's my number two this game is great. I love this game. I know where I was at this game. I was my freshman year in college when this game happened. I do. This is a very delightful game, but it's my number two because it's six. It's hard to score six, but I still have it number two.
1: Now, that's my number one. Okay. Um, which means, so I, I won't really, I'll just, I'm not going to get into it. You went over everything. Mm-hmm. Which Which means, though, that you've put the Liverpool Barcelona game at number one. I did. I'm not interested. I, I so
0: here's why I put them in number one. The difference between the PSG and the Barcelona and the PSG and, and Liverpool game for Barcelona is this the Wagles. Yeah. The Wagles. Barcelona made sure they didn't score. They scored three goals without giving up in Wagle. So all they had to do was to score one all they had to do was they they had to score one and they didn't and liverpool scored four four three of them in the second half mind you three in the second half i know psg uh you know were up four in the first leg and they scored four nothing barcelona but the difference is i just believe psg weren't the favorites barcelona were yeah i thought Bar- barcelona were just that was a bad performance you know, in general, but I thought Barcelona would favor favorite, So it's a little different because Liverpool, I thought, had no chance because we thought Barcelona would at least get one goal at Anfield, but they didn't. So I have them as one. Horrible.
1: Horrible. horrible. I agree that both of these deserve it. I think Barcelona PSG is number one okay. because Cavani scored. True. Because Cavani True. made the score five, or I think it was five three, he made the away goal rule come into play. And that's where I think that game is a lot, is is the greatest comeback of all time. Uh, if if it was in like the semifinals, I think, or I think if it was a semifinal match though, me and you wouldn't have as much of a debate. I think that one would have gotten a little bit boosted just because it's a quarterfinals League. It's a little different, but yeah, yeah that's where I have it.
0: No mentions. I have some. Liverpool 3-3 against AC Milan in the 2005 Champions League final. Liverpool were down 3-0 to a mighty, mighty great AC Milan team. Liverpool literally scored three goals in like 10 minutes in the second half. And Liverpool go on and win that trophy in penalties. Uh, another one was recently I have been is uh, France 3-1 up against Sweden in the Euros. Okay. Scored allowed two goals, forced extra time, and then losing in penalties from the Mbappe miss. I have that one. I hadn't thought Sweden, uh, Switzerland were done. I thought they had no chance. Yet they allow. I mean, excuse me, France allow a comeback, and that's incredible. So some notable, some notable names.
1: Yeah, no, I, I like this kind of segment, but I, I think I have the better list. You know what? I'll post. We'll, we'll post something on Instagram. If you're listening mm. to the podcast, follow us on Instagram, and we'll uh, we'll see who has the better. Comment down below who thinks... Oh, yeah. We'll definitely not. do something. Come back less. I think mine's better. You think mine's okay. better. Mine's better, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> we'll leave it there. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into our final segment, which is Football Who. Oh, we got that to do much more when we come back. All right. Coming back. Final segment. Football Who. Trivia. All right. Coming back. Final segment. Football Who. Trivia. It's going to be uh, a really interesting one. I have some uh, interesting ones for Ben. This one's going to bring, I, I brought him some little sugar, some sauce, you know what I'm saying? So uh, you can, let's start off with your list. What do you have, Ben, for me today?
1: It's a North London Derby week. Uh, Thursday, M- 245 is a ton of arsenal. So I had to bring back one of my favorite North London Derbies, my, March 5th, 2016. This game tied 2-2, uh red card, 55th minute, which okay. is why uh, Tottenham will able to come back from 2-1 uh, now, excuse me, or one nothing down. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that you're going to remember this game by... Okay, this is not the right lineup. Go back to me. Go back to me. This is not the same one. Though. Okay. okay.
0: <laughs> well, I have... Uh... A couple of uh, interesting questions. I have a couple on Cediyah. I have one from MLS. I hope you got right. This is the one that's in your ball alley. And then we have another one that uh, I kind of wanted to bring some transfer window questions. So I brought one that, that I hope you get right. And this one you probably won't. But I wanted to see how good you you, you might be historically by knowing this question. Uh, but I have some very tasteful question for you.
1: Take,
0: take it away. Give me, give me a question. All right. Here we go. How many goals did Ronaldinho score with his AC Milan career? Again, he played from there from 2008 to 2013, about four years in AC Milan. So I'll give you here. We're going to go mo- multiple answers. I'll give you some help. Okay. 26 goals is A. B is 36 goals. Or C, forty-six goals. B thirty-six goals. You think Road Dean so that is that your final um, thir- thirty-six goals Road Dean have scored in his AC Milan career?
1: Uh no no no. 26, 26. I don't think he scored that many. I don't I don't remember watching him as much, so I don't really think he scored that many.
0: Is that your final answer? Yeah. Twenty six? Yeah. You are correct. Yes. Scored twenty-six goals in his career with AC Milan. Yes, sir. And and yes, he was there for wasn't there for a while, and yes, he didn't score a lot of goals, obviously. But um I thought I had you a little bit, but figure it out. I'll well,
1: take you. Nice. Uh so I found it. I found the episode. Alright, here we go. So like I said, North London derby, but the the goal that you're gonna remember this by is Harry Kane is um far edge of the field. He's on like the left hand side. He's at the edge of the box. One step inside, curls it around check into that far corner. So this is the game we're talking about. One okay. one was the actual. Sport. What year is this? It's still 2016. I had the wrong 2016 up. So it's uh, November
0: 6th. Oof. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna give you the
1: Arsenal one. No. Um, I've given you the goalkeeper already, so I won't. I won't. So arsenal. I'm giving. I'm giving
0: you the Arsenal.
1: Yeah. So the are okay, from what this the records right. are showing, they played a four-two-three-one. Okay. Um, I said Pederczek, so I'm gonna just gonna take that out. So we got four defenders for Arsenal. Who would it okay. been? Uh,
0: Koscielny's one. Hector Bellerin, Gibbs, and let's go with uh, Mertes- uh Mertesacker. Right, yeah, Mertesacker. Yeah, okay. we'll go with that.
1: Okay, not bad. So you got two out of four. So you got okay. uh, Bellerin, yep. Kashelny, yep. And then you had, it's Mustafi. Oh, the other German. wow. I'm not going to know that. Okay. And then Nacho Monreal. Ooh, that's a good one. All right, damn. All right, I had Gibbs right away, but I maybe could have thought more. Gibbs on okay. the bench. I okay. think, um, I can't, I think Marcus Sacker was gone by this point. Yeah, he's gone by that
0: point. All right. Well, okay. All right. Next question. All right, here, Ben. There, you got me there. Uh, what was Diego Maradona's transfer fee from Barcelona to Napoli? So I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. So when he made his world record signing from Argentina to Barcelona, it was about seven point six million. So I'll give you a hint there. And it's an even number.
1: Okay. My gut says 12. No. What, what was the Barcelona? What was the other? What was the... So the Barcelona
0: was 7.6 million.
1: Because I'm trying to think of like... Because only recently prices have gone up drastically. Like I feel like it was right. long ago that like 30 million was like the record transfer. Right. I'm just trying to think about time-wise. I think... This is eighty six. Yeah, let me go ten. I think ten's the fair price. The
0: answer's correct. Ten point four eight million is the fu- is the answer. Wow. I didn't think you had that in you. Holy moly. Yes. Oh my goodness. I didn't think you had that. I I mean, damn. That's that's this is probably one of I mean you're perfect right now. Two for two.
1: I gotta keep it up. Damn. One more. I got one more.
0: Right. Oh, I, you're not going to get this one. I hope not, but okay. Continue.
1: let's do the CDMs for you. So there's two center defense. Okay. Uh, Coquelin. Yep. Mm,
0: 2016.
1: I'd give you a hint, but the hint I'm going to give you is way too. You'd get him right away. Is he, is he an Englishman? No. All right.
0: Oh, is it, is, is the hint? If I ask for the hint of the country, is that giving it away? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see.
1: Me giving you his country yeah, as well as how happen. long he's been, he was at Arsenal is too easy.
0: No way. I don't think that's
1: him. No. He's he's left-footed. He's left-footed. That's the hint. Okay. There's not many lefties, that's why it's like I have a
0: Um okay so he's not a lefty. I'm thinking of somebody else, but I don't think it's him. Uh let's see, he's a legend. At the club. Ooh, why am I blanking? Damn. I know Kokalon was one of them. Hmm. right. Kokalon's right. Uh let's see. Damn. Uh damn. Trying to think. Spain. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the
1: major countries. Danny Ceballos. No, that is not Danny Ceballos. It's not Danny Uh Let's see.
0: Oof. I know, wait, is it? Is it? No, he's not a legend at the club. He might I'll
1: give you 20 more. All
0: right, I'm probably gonna go with Shaka. Shaka. Oh, gotcha. go uh, yeah, it's Shaka. I got it. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Woo! I know I was thinking too hard because I'm thinking
1: 2016. So what I'm thinking, I'm like, it can't be him, but it was him. It was Shaqir. Well, well done, well done. All right, all right. I'm ready for the last one. Going 100.
0: Who was the second highest paid player in MLS in the 2009 campaign? Number one was David Beckham. But what's number two, Ben? I know you're not getting this right. See.
1: I'm going to go shot in the dark here. Alexi Lalas. <laughs>
0: what? I don't think he was playing at the time. Was he not? No, 2009? Uh,
1: never mind, no, 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 never mind, never mind. Give me, Give me Hank, give me Hank, give me a hand. Uh All right, all right. Well,
0: at the time, we had a lot of big players. I'm going to give you a list of players in 2009. Highest paid players in MLS. I, I think I have a Hank. guess. I just don't know if he was still at Aston Villa at that point. That's why. Uh, I'm, well, I'm going to give you a couple of options. So, Clem Dempsey. Okay. All right. Landon Donovan. Okay. I uh, already gave you uh, David Beckham, who was the highest paid player. Yeah. Uh, Juan Pablo Angel. Uh, he was the one that uh, I don't know if people remember. Hmm. Uh, Cortamo Blanco. Doesn't ring a bell, right? The Mets can start in the Chicago Fire once upon a time. I Remember? Landon Donovan. We can go with, I said Juan Pablo Angel. No, it's got to be Landon Donovan. It's got to be
1: Landon Donovan. Landon, are you, are you sure? Yeah, no, I'm sure. It's got
0: to be Landon Donovan. You sure don't want to go with Taylor Swoman? <laughs> no, no, no. All Fuck right. that guy.
1: <laughs> oh, I just my bed.
0: It's okay. It's all good. And trust me, listen. It's happened to me. Uh, the answer is Godemo Blanco. Oh. From Mexico, he played for the Chicago Fire, so he had the second highest contract at two point nine million.
1: All right, I All right. Let's, let's wrap this up. I'm gonna stump you right now. All right, we here got we go. Four, we got the so three behind the one striker. Okay. Two wingers, a cam and a striker.
0: Okay, yeah, I got this. All right, no. Deal call. Mezou Ozil. Uh I'm trying to go left winger. Hmm, can I go Ox Chamberlain? You could go Ox. Uh no, I'm wrong. Alexis Sanchez. And then, no, 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 wait, 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 hold up, hold up. Was Alexis there yet? Yes, he was. I know he was. But I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure he wasn't the striker because he could have been the striker instead of the wing. Huh? I'm trying to think, but who what striker was at Arsenal at the time that played striker? Oh, Alexis,
1: Olivia Drew. Yeah. No, no 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 Oh no uh, <laughs> Oh my god Alright you got me Uh you were close it's not Giroud. it's uh Awobi was on the wing
0: Oh my god Alex Awobi that guy? Oh no
1: Yeah Oh my oh. goodness So uh, what was the list? It was uh Walcott Ozil Awobi Sanchez Wow.
0: So that was so that was my thing. I was thinking they had to had Sanchez up top and then someone wing, or they had Sanchez on the left and then Giroud up top. Yeah. So Damn almost so close. Oh I was so confident in this one. Wow. I
1: think I won. I think I won.
0: You, you got, got two to three.
1: I mean me the math. I think we're even. I think we're pretty even. Yeah, Got two you out of three.
0: You
1: got And two I got plus two. two plus three two plus two plus three what is that two two plus three. Oh, you beat me by like uh, like a minimal amount god damn i i respect it i i got two right this time I'm so-
0: i i wanted to get the last one damn i was close wow well wow. uh there's a lot of games going on in the premier league the north north london derby as that's probably gonna likely be the game that's gonna decide champions league football for yeah. both if clubs. arsenal
1: win they get in so
0: I mean, it's going to be Arsenal wins they get in. Yes, as you mentioned, there's so much going on in football. We even get to Barcelona. Asufatis gets to come back and scores a goal. Amazing goal for Barcelona in his return. Uh, And we'll get into much more next week. But man, oh man, Ben, I had so much fun. Uh, We'll talk about this again. Enjoy, everybody.